This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Can't see Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. You got me, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors. Bobby Belt. Yeah, does Bobby Belt want to stick around? Yeah. Mike Bassett and Rui Hachimura talk. And, yeah, uh, we didn't and, get him. And he's a Laker. Joey okay, Erickson, aka <laughs> Slim Scotty. If you have uh, been listening, and we appreciate it very much. So, my question right out of the gate is: Why is it so hard for Cowboys fans to adjust their expectations? All right, so I, I, I thought about this a lot yesterday, and then when I saw stuff on social media, it just kind of crystallized it, is we asked yesterday if the Cowboys season was a success, and it was closer than I thought. Maybe 60 to 65% said no, but 35 to 40% then said yes, which is probably higher than I thought. What has Twitter told you since then, since we tweeted the segment out and people read the headline? Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because they read the headline, don't necessarily always listen to the listen to the question or listen to the segment. But they got like to that. give their opinion. Like yeah. that's what that's what that that is there for. And that's and that's where I started to think about this is I saw a lot of it was probably about a similar breakdown, and then some of the answers were a little bit. They're more forceful for the no. The people were like, yes, was like, yeah, I thought maybe this was a fringe playoff team, blah, 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 blah. But then there were multiple people who were like, no, what a stupid question. What idiot thought of this? Mm. And I thought, well, there are a lot of people who think the answer is yes. And I know the no crowd is really, really hard. It is like really, really more vocal. And so I, I was curious, why do you think it's so hard for Cowboys fans to adjust their expectations? Because I thought about the rest of the... I thought about the rest of the teams in the Metroplex. They have had ultimate success all more recently than the Cowboys. Is The Stars won the Stanley Cup in 1999, made it back to the Stanley Cup final the next year. They were in the Stanley Cup final just a couple of years ago. COVID Stanley Cup. Yes, exactly. But in between. Everybody had to play with COVID, remember? (laughs) They didn't all have COVID. Oh, the COVID cup is yeah, what the they COVID called it. Oh, that, is, yeah. that is actually a really catchy just name. coughing on each other. Yes, but in the middle, people were just like, well, that's just the stars. You know? And, like, same thing with the Rangers. The Rangers struggled forever. And then they hit fire in the 90s, and then they did it again at the beginning of the 2010s. But in between, everyone was like, yeah, I mean, I just need the Rangers to get me to Cowboys season. And then the Mavericks. The Mavericks were the worst franchise in basketball, and then they were really good, made the playoffs a lot, but in the lull in between, I feel like so many people were like, yeah, this is kind of how it is. But with the Cowboys, it's been 27 years, and if you don't win the Super Bowl or make the NFC Championship, they're like, what are we doing? Well, I think it's tough because San Francisco's in their third NFC Championship in four years. 
I, you just start looking around the league. If if you want me to say, hey, my expectations should be part of the Redskins Commanders football team organization, then I guess we are exceeding expectations. Yeah. If I want to be a Detroit Lions fan, yes, we're better than the Detroit Lions. But it's just tough when you start looking around the NFL and go, gosh, I mean, the Rams make it with Kurt Warner and they have a run and then they rebuild and then they look pretty good. And then they've now rebuilt and they've won a Super Bowl with yep. Matthew Stafford and they've had to change cities. It was so bad in St. Louis. And <laughs> you just look at Jacksonville, you're like, oh, that's a horrible organization. You're like, damn, didn't they make it with Blake Bortles? Didn't yes, they make it one time with with they did. with uh, Mark Brunel? And weren't they at one point? Did they maybe make it with J- David Garrard? They didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but they made it to the AFC championship game. You're just like. How come the Cowboys can never figure out? Every team figures out about once every 10 years at least. Kansas City's made it. I know. Our expectations shouldn't be that we don't have Patrick Mahomes. Five years in a row now, they're in the AFC Championship game. It's just tough to say, how low do I want my expectations? And this year, I think this was a solid year. It's tough to say, great year, Dallas Cowboys. And I think it's very tough to say, that was a bad year. But at the same time, gosh... How low should our expectation be as a Cowboys fan? Yeah, I think that, you know, you've also had so many pop-up teams just you know, that you, you brought up all of them that have just kind of, they've come up in that time, had a great few seasons, and then maybe disappeared. Uh, and and some teams, like the Ravens popped up, turned out to be really good. And then for the entirety since then, the culture stayed the same. And I think that's one of the things is like, you've just seen transition after transition, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, whoever kind of chasing that copycat league idea and mindset. You're like, man, the Cowboys were built on this identity of greatness for a long time. And then you got the three Super Bowls. Man, the way that the Jerry Jones era started and has gone has been soap opera from the get. Right. And so like, that's where you win these three Super Bowls we we got that and then you break up with the head coach for no good reason other than ego and that's where you know that's where the divide came amongst Cowboys fans themselves and then I mean even before that when Jerry Jones fired Tom Landry there was a divide of well I hate Jerry Jones and I always will and then he wins the Super Bowls and you're like well it doesn't matter I'm still a Landry guy yeah and so like that's so the the expectation was set then and I do believe that the Cowboys want the Cowboys fans out there want this standard of we get to the playoffs consistently. Nobody should be touching what we're doing. You're the richest franchise anyway. Why aren't you the best? So that's why, Kevin, I think that's one of the main factors is they are the biggest and boldest at everything except sure. for winning. And that's where Cowboys fans are kind of tired of getting yelled at by everybody else about you guys do this and that. And this. we can't control what's on the field. We're just rooting for the team. And yet here we are taking the brunt of the arguments and all those things too, whenever there's other things that are in play there. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I guess kind of, I know it does. You usually do. Thank you. Though we admit not always, not always is that makes a lot of sense, but it also kind of feeds into my idea about why those expectations might not have become more reasonable along the way like from the 972 and i get a lot of these uh responses we're not lowering our expectations because the front office and the owners are all telling us they're going for it they're not showing us that they're going for it but if they continually don't show you that they're going for it 
when they say they do. Don't you just stop listening to the sell to the selling point? Like, for example, all right, here's here's the most damning statistic coming out of that loss to San Francisco. And don't get me wrong, I I was a kid as well when they what? won the three <laughs> when they won the three Super Bowls in four years. It makes me sad that Brandon has never seen the Cowboys be truly elite. But the Cowboys lost to San Francisco. This is the 12th straight postseason appearance for the Cowboys where they failed to reach the conference championship game. They broke the record held by the Cowboys at 11 and the Cowboys at 10. So the Cowboys have long held the record for longest playoff streak without making it to the conference championship game. Since the last Super Bowl win, they are 5-12 and 12 in the playoffs. I get what you want and what you hope for, but shouldn't the expectation line be lower? Like, you can still say, I hope we win a Super Bowl. Right on. But shouldn't your expectation be division round is our Super Bowl? What was, what was your expectation going into this year? Uh, a playoff win. I'm, I, Actually, that might have been my hope. My expectation was, I think we can make the playoffs. You said, though, if Mike, McC- Mike McCarthy should be gone if he didn't make the NFC Championship game. No, not true. Is after the injuries and everything like that and the personnel moves. Okay. Not not true. There was a time last year when I thought that might be the case. Okay. All right. And so, I I'm, I don't know, man. Why do you why do you get into the business if you're not going to run for the for the whole thing? Be good at it. Go do those things. You you have the team. Go make the move. Make a trade if you have to. Like have the cojones to say this okay. isn't good enough. And that's where I think. I mean, people look at the San Francisco team. All the fans are like, yes, this this the Christian McCaffrey trade changed everything. So yeah, Kevin, my expectation is my team should be going for that. No, no, every no, no, year. no, 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 no. But. You expect the Cowboys to do that? Yes. Based on what? The fact that I want it done. Okay, but that's what you want. Not that's what, what I you, want. Okay, but that's not what you should expect. What have the Cowboys shown you to let you know, you know what, Corey, you're right. We're going all in. So you're saying settle. No, I, I'm I, saying. I have now no, gone no, to no, every no, no. bar, Kevin, and seen every girl. And I've decided, you know what? I can't do any better than this. What are the? What are you giving them? One I'm taking ten. this three home, oh and I'm marrying gosh. this three right now. That's what you're saying is just to settle for the three instead of instead of demanding more from from them and and getting them to be a team. All right, I'm gonna use I'm hey, gonna use this bar metaphor. You go to the plastic surgeon. Oh my gosh! Tummy tuck or whatever it is. Good night. I you can you, say it about me too. That's fine. Is. All right, let's use your bar analogy. And the Cowboys are the ones that I'm saying here. Kevin. You go after tens, 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 and you always fail, fail, fail. Yeah. You're going to keep going after tens? Why not? Or are you going to? Because it I might always trick one. fails. I might trick one. The Rams tricked one for like four years. Okay. Or didn't they? They got a Super Bowl out of it and went back and lost. Not everybody is the Patriots, though. Sure. Like the Patriots had, and, and because Jimmy Johnson told Bill Belichick a very long time ago, your coaches, your assistant coaches are going to become friends with the players. They are going to become, you know, they're going to think that they're equals, but you can never be. And Bill Belichick, he said, you have to carry the hammer around. And Bill Belichick made tough decisions for a very long time. It's difficult to make those decisions whenever money is in the, in play here. I spent a lot of money on this quarterback. He's not living up to what I need. Do I need to stick with the quarterback or not? I'm betting most most instances 
Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick would figure out, I got to move on and if he doesn't have great play from somebody. Like Drew Bledsoe? And yes. And what was the example that Mike used yesterday? Multiple, I think three of the four teams yeah. in this scenario, they had, I'm not saying they're exactly the same. Right. So listen to me there. But they had Alex Smith, a perfectly usable quarterback. And they were like, he's not good enough. Cowboys are picking 27th in the upcoming draft. The Chiefs were picking 27 in the draft that they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. So they had approximately the exact same season that Dak Prescott just had, at least success-wise with the team. And they decided getting to the divisional round again and losing is just not going to cut it. And I see multiple people are saying, you never settle. You, as a fan, don't have to settle. But is your organization settling? They've been settled. They're too comfortable. Then why do we as fans the, expect it to be different? What's the benefit? What's the benefit if they if they go go all in? Which Mike Parsons wants. Yes. What's the benefit to to them if they if they do that? You could win the F and Super Bowl. Or or that first round pick we gave up for Amari Cooper could turn out to be something great. And then we end up in, we don't have our Super okay, Bowl. And I, I think that's the way they play the game. But see, here's why I hate that line of logic. Because you might be right. Is we don't go anywhere past the divisional round anyway. So what the hell difference does it make? You have, do we think, potentially a generational defensive player? Yes. Okay. And guess what? I know, I know it's only two years. And you had a really good defensive coach, and you're not going to have him anymore. And guess what? You didn't get past the divisional round. So the reason why I'm okay with, like, pushing it all in, it was the same thing I said when Dak was still on his rookie contract. I was like, push it all effing in because you don't ever go any further than the, than the divisional round. So let's say you push it all in the middle of the table. You make those moves. You blow up your salary cap for the next couple of years, and it doesn't work. Well, that sucks. But at least you gave it a shot, and you're no different off than you were before. You think the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl next year? Um, Heck yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I, I, well, sorry. All the way. Before you ask that question, I wanted to I wanted to, sure. to Never, discuss. Never, ever quit. Stop it. And, and Mike, this discussion with you, too. The time is now. Oh, my God. And I know this is very, like, this is a very small thing because the Mavericks, the Mavericks felt it. They needed to. They needed to win for Dirk. As much as they yes. wanted to win for the fan bases, they had to win for Dirk. And so in the in throughout that season, Ron Butler, Brennan Haywood, they're adding Peja. They have, you know, dudes on 10-day contracts just to get through the season. And then they still had the talent to go along with it. But they're trying to add that one little piece that will this take us over the top? The Rangers go get Cliff Lee. I mean, that and that was like we look at that move then, and you're like, well, were these guys really going to be big players for us? Was Justin Smoke really going to be a big player for you at some point? Blake Bevan, was he going to be that stud for you? But they went and got the yeah. best pitcher that they could possibly get, and he gets you over the top. That's the one car, That's the one element that I think whoever is making the final decisions, they built a good team. The Cowboys built a good team. You said it yesterday. Yeah. They were the better team on I the field. They, were too. they didn't have the better quarterback. But they they put all these things together, put all these things in place 
yet we're still missing that one element that could change the game for them. And if they made that dynamic move, even if it failed, I think I would support it. You know what, I don't Corey? think the Cowboys have it in them. I, I don't think whoever's running the team has it in them to make that move and see that they have this team. They're like, no, these small moves in chess are going to work out But that's us. my point. Then why do we not, why do we not say that's what's going to happen and not get your heart broken? You brought up the bar analogy. Because I want it. Which, okay, I'm, see, and you're spot on with that analogy. There are so many analogies coming in. Good. This might be the one that's spoken to me the most. From the 817, this all crystallizes in my mind. You love her, but she's a hoe. Hoe's going to hoe, but it still hurts when you catch her cheating. Is That makes all the sense in the world to me. That's what the Cowboys Dang. feel like. You know what they're going to do. They're going to go pick up somebody on a one-year, $2 million deal, tell you that, you know what, he could be the next Von Miller, and you're going to be like, I want you to be right, they're and gonna, then he's not. They're going to draft really well. They're going to add. They're going to add their Vlad Guerreros. They're going to add those guys that are old and nobody really cares about for that little bit. But they're not going to add the Cliff Lee. Here's the deal: Twitch is nervous for us, Corey, because Kevin has been pounding the table constantly <laughs> throughout this whole segment, and they think eventually he's going to start pounding. I'm telling. I'm telling you, those pancakes are no, about to fly today. I'm telling you why oh that's not going to happen. Bobby was here right until the show started, yeah. and he sits in the chair that I like. And so once I get to my normal chair, everything <laughs> is going to be okay. Oh. I think I'm disproportionately fired the up. pounding is scaring us, Kevin. <laughs> okay, I will, I will stop. From the 469, was that was the hoe. perfect analogy. That is exactly what I think. I'm going to try to text that person back and congratulate <laughs> them for having. Your bar analogy made great. a lot of sense to me. The hoe analogy really crystallized it all in my mind. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. And don't get me wrong, Corey, I want the same things in terms of the Cowboys. It's not just, as bad as I do. I mean, you know what? That's probably that true. right hand keeps getting closer and closer <laughs> to you, Corey. All right. We will, we will adjust. But coming up next, we will talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola, to wrap up the season and perhaps a little Dallas Stars. We'll do it all next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan right now. Brought to you by Ford. Built for Texas. Built for you. It is our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. Good morning, sir. How's everything going today? We're doing pretty good. We're actually having some fun this morning. I wanted to discuss logistics with you. Is it exit interviews? Is that already done? What are the uh, next logistical steps for the Cowboys? 
Yeah, I think the first thing they do is they do the exit physicals and then uh, the exit interviews. And they usually it usually takes, you know, a couple days uh, to get those done. So I would imagine by Wednesday uh, they would have, uh, if not all, the majority of those things done with the assistant coaches, the head coach. And then, you know, with some of them, I think Jerry participates in some of them also. Um, so with those assistant coaches and the head coaches and all of that, like, what do you think that conversation is like considering these guys are out right now, you know, having conversations with other teams, Kellen Moore talking to Carolina, uh, Dan Quinn on his second interview, are they, are they saying, Hey, we got to figure out how to keep these guys here? Or is it more, you know what, we have to start looking ahead to the future and what we're going to bring in. Are you talking about assistant coaches? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of talking about like the way Jerry and McCarthy and Stephen and Will kind of are having the conversations of keeping this this thing intact, or you know, maybe even replacing a, a big section of it. Uh, the coaching staff. Yes, yes, yes. Not okay. the players. I, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They would have had those discussions already. Okay. I mean, they. I don't think it's a reactive thing. Uh, I think it end, ends up being a proactive. I mean, they don't just disappear and say, okay, I'm flying to Arizona, see ya. Uh, you know, I, I think they talk about those things uh, beforehand. And, you know, if you're, and it's not just football, it's any, it's any business, right? Um, you know, if you, you should already have a list of what you want to do uh, in case, right? I mean, I think everybody uh, that's in charge of something uh, either the head coach or, uh, you know, the front office, it's like, okay, if something happened to this guy or that guy, here's my list of who I'd like to pursue. I think you're always working on uh, things like that. So I don't think it's, uh, to me at least, it shouldn't be a reactive thing. It should be proactive that you already have an idea of where you might go and what might be available. Remember, it's got to be available. You don't get your pick of the litter uh, when you say, well, I need an offensive coordinator. Uh, but it, it comes down to who's available and, and who fits into what I want to do. It's not just, hey, I want that guy, right? Well, uh, he might not be able to, uh, you know, leave leave his current job. I, I, I just go back to, you know, 19, uh, after the 90 season when the Cowboys wanted to get rid of Dave Shula as the offensive coordinator. I think Jimmy... Uh, and Jerry had interviews with three guys before they got down to North Turner. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's uh, it, again, it's about availability also of who you're re- – and, and, again, uh, are you sure who you're replacing? I can find somebody better. Mm, yeah, valid point there. So, Mickey, when it comes to Dan Quinn and Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons was just outstanding Sunday. He just just had so many different plays. Brian Baldinger broke it down on Twitter and showed just how many different ways he affected uh, the game. Should Cowboy fans be concerned at all that if they lose Dan Quinn, that Micah Parsons is going to still be used almost as perfectly as Dan Quinn has been able to use him? Well, I, I think the first question, if you lose Dan Quinn and you say, okay, this guy's going to be my defensive coordinator, my first question is, what are you doing with Micah Parsons, right? I don't, and, and again, you know, I, I think sometimes, Mike, we, 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 we kind of think that these coordinators are independent contractors, like they come in and do what they want. Right. The head coach has got a lot of say, right? 
the head coach has got a lot of say what happens with this offense because he's kind of an offensive coordinator. Uh, so I don't think you just turn everything over to somebody and say, okay, do what you want. Uh, and I think, you know, there's guys on this on this staff that could take over this defense and, and try to continue uh, what they have going. Joe Witt Jr., uh, George Edwards, uh, who had been a defensive coordinator at Minnesota uh, all those years. Uh, so sometimes it's not bringing in somebody new. It's handing off to somebody that can continue uh, kind of doing what you've been doing that's been successful. And I think you would have to say for the majority uh, of the season, the defense has been pretty successful of what they've done so far. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, we talked about the interviews that Dan Quinn is doing and Kellen Moore interviewing with the Panthers. I was curious if, like, let's say you were interviewing Panthers, Texans, Colts, Broncos, Cardinals. Let's assume you want to take a head coaching job. Is there one of those five that appeals the most to you? Give me the five again. Panthers, Texans, uh-huh. Colts, Broncos, and Cardinals. Oh. <laughs> That's fair. That's why they need new coaches. Uh, yeah, and but, but you know why they need new coaches? Because they can't sink their teeth into a quarterback. Yeah. Which one of those teams do you trust the quarterback? Probably Arizona maybe, more, but I got to – I got Arizona? Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe. And then the other ones, my, my question to them is, well, what are you going to do about the position? Denver can't do anything about it, right? They, they got who they got w- with the contract that they, they signed. Um, Indianapolis, who do they have? And then the other question is, where are we drafting and who can I take? Like, is there a quarterback out there right now that's, that's the next uh, – uh, uh, Lawrence out there. Right. I mean, you know, there's speculation, but you never know for sure. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking, you know, usually, I mean, okay, uh, Bryce Young, it, it, uh, can I draft him with those teams and where they're at? Then maybe I say, okay, I, I'm good with that. Um, but again, I, I think if you look at why those teams need new head coaches is because they haven't solved their quarterback position. Yeah. It kind of goes hand in hand, you guys. The when you kind of look at the defense, there are a lot of a lot of players that do need to come back, Mickey. Uh the, I think there are a handful of them. But as far as the ones that you think may be gone, where do we stand with like some of the Donovan Wilsons and some of those other guys? Yeah, you'd love to bring Donovan Wilson Heck back. Yeah. You'd love to be uh, Leighton Vander Esch back. Um, you know, and, and so, uh, but, you know, again, a lot of it comes down to market value. Um, you know, do you, do you have somebody to take Donovan Wilson's spot? Well, I don't think so. Um, you, you might hope on Vander Esch, but you don't know. I think Damone Clark, one way or another, will be a starting uh, linebacker for this team. Uh, you know, and, and if you count Parsons as a linebacker, then, uh, you know, that's two. If you get Vanderish back, that's three. And you'd say, okay, I feel pretty good about this. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know that you've got another uh, strong safety. And you might if you want to take a chance on Marquise Bell uh, as a safety. And, you know, they were starting to get him ready in a backup position in the last couple of games. 
Uh, he was active, uh, played special teams. Uh, but again, a lot of it has to do with your salary cap and, you know, who you, who you can afford to retain and, and who you can't, depending on uh, market value. And, you know, that'll be established here over, you know, by time you get into February, even though, you know, you can't supposedly negotiate with anybody, you'll talk to agents and you'll get an idea of what they're thinking and what they're hoping the market value is for some of these guys. Now, and they've got they've got a bunch of things they got to do, right? Absolutely. Is one of those things having a I was going to say tough conversation that might not be as tough as I thought with Ezekiel Elliott cuz he said he wants to be here is a restructuring or a pay cut, however you want to describe it in the cards you think for that situation. Well, I think one of the things you got to remember with that is no matter what you do, you still have to account for um 11 point, 11, eight, almost nine, 11.9 million yeah. in, in money that has to be accounted for right. one way or another. So if you say, no, we're done with them. Well, he costs 11.9 million this year. If you say we well, are done with them on June one, then it'll be like 6 million this year and 5 million next year. So that part has always got to be accounted for uh, before you even think about the base salary. Now, the base salary for this year is $10.9 million. All right, that's probably a little extreme, and he can say, okay, I'll take, I'll take a reduction, sort of the way DeMarcus Lawrence did. Right. But to do it with DeMarcus Lawrence, they guaranteed him money over three years. Now, not as much as what he would have made in one base salary, but something that's guaranteed when you're getting up in age and you go, okay, maybe I make a little less, but at least I'm guaranteed that, right? Well, I don't know how much down the line you want to guarantee uh, Zeke. And I would think the NFLPA would frown on him saying, yeah, okay, uh, I'll play for $3 million instead of $10.9. That's probably not going to happen. So even though you want to do it, you know, it's like, okay, but what's out there? And then his agent's going to go, well, let me see if anybody else thinks he's uh, valuable. Uh, So there's a lot of that goes into it than just saying, I want to be here and I'll play for less. If you're, I feel like cornerback is probably going to be looked at a lot. It better be. Is Bland your other, your opposite corner next year going in across from Diggs? I think it's one, but okay. who's my next guy? Yeah, that's and especially you know you're looking at the Donovan Wilson and Curse situation, like or Donovan Wilson situation. You're looking at that going, okay, safeties. You had three safeties, you had the big nickel. So there's a lot of a lot of those guys that you got to try to figure out if you're going to continue to play that the defense like that. Oh right? my gosh! That's I mean, right. somebody else might have a different idea. Right. Even if you keep somebody on your staff, you're going. You know what? Next time I play a team that's lining up two running backs, one of them's a fullback, and and two tight ends. I'm not going out there with a big nickel. I want three linebackers on the field, right? Yeah. Now that You might have a better chance of stopping the run. Now, they did a decent job for, you know, two and a half, almost three quarters of stopping the run, and then the dam broke in the fourth quarter uh, where they gained almost all their rushing yards on you when you knew they were going to run the ball just the way uh, they were lining up with – you know, sometimes even just one wide receiver. Uh, and, you know, depending on what do you want to count, uh, Debo, three running backs. Because there were times he uh, and uh, what's the guy's name? It was Mitchell lined yep. up in the backfield while yep. 
uh, Yersik, the fullback, was lining up like a tight end. Uh, so they had a lot of heavy formations out there that you were trying to play uh, with uh, lengthy safeties that, you know, might not have been made to play the run. Well, we appreciate the insight about 49ers, all things salary cap, and everything you bring to us all the time. Obviously, if anything happens out there, let us know. Ah, uh, You guys will be the first ones I call. Boom. Mickey Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com. Thank you very much, good sir. Okay, guys. Talk to you. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, how about a little playoff porridge? Believe it or not, all the divisional losers had good things going for him too. Talk about that next right here on The Fan. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yesterday, thought that was going to be so essential to his team's hopes. Third and seven. To the end zone. Open! Wide open! Hurst hauls it in for another Cincinnati touchdown. Can't see Masterpiece back here on 105. Through the fan, it's time... For a little playoff porridge, obviously we were uber Cowboys heavy yesterday, and so there was a couple of more things that we can get into from those playoff Name games. Name one. Well, first you have to tell me which game you want to start with. Do you want to do Cowboys 49ers, Jags Chiefs, Eagles Giants, Bengals Bills? Not Eagles and Giants. That was miserable, and I didn't even watch any of the second half, so I don't care at all about that game. We will... I just saw your answer on Twitch. Hey, by the way, hop on the Twitch, have conversations. Mike's having fun today. Mike said your mom argues on Twitch. Um, In the Twitch. In the Twitch. I want to go with Jacksonville and Kansas City. I want to see what kind of stats you got. That was the most competitive game. Yes, it was. Besides the Cowboys game. And at noon, we will have Jaguars co-owner Tony Khan on the show. The Jags, I know they lost, but they still had won eight games as an underdog this season, which is absolutely astonishing. They were never going to be an overdog this year, though. Like, that just that wasn't really going to happen. Coming was off it? the worst record in the yeah. league, that Kevin is Hart very on fair. DraftKings right now. You seen that commercial? Oh, you never yeah. see commercials. No, actually, I did see that one, and it's, man, it's not he's good. in so many things yeah. that exist. <laughs> is because he's popular. Right. No, I I know. I, what's amazing to me, being a Jacksonville fan, is that they were three and seven. You kind of forget that like that that Cowboys game. Everybody was so mad and somewhat yeah. rightfully so because at the time they're still an they under five hundred team. Yeah. they've lost to the Colts. They've lost to the Texans. They've lost to the Broncos. They're three and seven. Not exactly going to that game. I think they might have been four and seven uh, going into that game. First team in NFL history to make the playoffs with a five-game winning streak and a five-game losing streak. Yeah. Now, the Chiefs are still doing amazing things. Travis Kelsey set the single-game playoff record for a tight end with 14 catches. He also 
had his fifth career playoff game with 10-plus receptions, the most in NFL history. So is it impossible to double-team him? Because their wide receivers aren't good. If you want to complain yeah. about the Cowboys' yeah. wide receivers, Patrick Mahomes, Sky Moore. <laughs> yeah, he's not good yet. It doesn't mean he won't be yeah. good. I don't really believe Jalen Tolbert's ever going to be good. But That's I do believe fair. Sky Moore can be good. Is I just think to myself, my gosh – after losing Tyree Kill, and I know they went out and got Juju Smith-Schuster, and, like, they have guys, but yeah. they're just guys. Like, they're better than Michael Gallup. They're not nearly as good as C.D. Lamb. It's like they got five guys who are in between how bad Michael Gallup was and how good C.D. Lamb was, and it didn't matter. He still ran away with the MVP in the end and still had unbelievably great numbers. But then I think to myself, why can't you take Travis Kelsey out of a game? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Is it that hard? Is it that hard to take a tight end out of a game? I mean, the games say it's just that difficult to take him out of the game. I'm trying to figure... I think it does have a lot to do with alignment and ability. Like, he's a different person, too. But alignment, definitely, he creates a mismatch because you have to honor outside receivers. You do have to honor outside receivers because of the quarterback. Yeah. You you do have to honor those guys because he can deliver to Juju. Now... You, so hook, I don't agree with Hookem seven a whole bunch of twos. They brought in some really good wide receivers. I think they brought in some NFL wide receivers yeah. that are kind of number twos and number threes, but I don't think they brought in anybody who nobody in the NFL wants to pay those guys a lot of money. Yeah, I I would be inclined to agree. Valdez with you about Scantling, that. Juju, and Kadarius Tony. Those aren't guys that teams were excited about getting. Yeah, Valdez Scantling had forty two catches. This Tony, year. Tony was because he was a like a, a draft pick. Like everybody kind of yeah, was isn't interested he an in f up of a person. And Dave's didn't want anything to do with yeah. him. He was trying to build a culture, and Andy Reid was like, "I got culture. We're fine here." Yeah. And like even still, they had to find ways to to create offense for him. I think next year you might see more from him. And by the way, yes, they are better than James Washington Hook'em. 90% of the NFL wide receivers are better <laughs> yeah. than James Washington. Name we let you know that in training camp. Those other ones. But nobody wanted to listen to us that are Cowboy fans. Now, you've brought up Patrick Mahomes and the combination with Andy Reid have now made it to five straight AFC championship Impossible. games. That is tied for the second most ever in a in, row. In a row. It is tied with Ken Stabler and John Madden, who made five AFC championship games from 1973 to 1977. As And then Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are first from 2011 to 2018. I was hoping you were saying Landry and Stahlbach at some point. I am sorry. I do not. What a bums. They were never Switzer. Okay. What are you saying? All right. Do you want to go Cowboys, Niners, or Bengals, Bills if Uh, Eagles and Giants is at the bottom of the list? Cowboys, Niners. What a game. It was a heck of a game, and there were surprising things from that. First, I'm going to give you- I'm still trying to decide if it was a heck of a game. Did you not think so? I mean, I guess, like, there's look at the score. That doesn't seem like a good game. You know, it was a really good defensive effort. It's like watching, Mike, this is watching DeGrom and Garrett Cole pitch. It's like, okay, I'm in I'm in it today to watch a pitcher's duel. It's interesting that you say that because whenever it was, you know, the Monday night football game, it was like 55-51 or whatever, or the Cowboys-Broncos 51-48. It's an instant classic. But if it's 10-7, to I feel like usually you're not like instant was, classic. Out of that game, 
after the Seattle game, I go, man, maybe Brock Purdy is the guy and they don't have to worry about quarterback forever. And then after that Cowboys game, I think they should have a quarterback competition. Now, he gets another game, right? He gets to play the Eagles this Sunday, but I'm just kind of like, I'm still trying Mm -hmm. to figure out if Brock Purdy is going to be that kind of Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady story. I know that they're all not in the same category, but that nobody ever thought they would be a starting quarterback and they end up really being a pretty darn good quarterback. Yeah, I just I, I look at that and I'm, I I feel like Dak didn't play his best game. Sure. Offensive line didn't play their best game either. But I thought they were good enough. But knowing that San Francisco's good defense yeah. and the Cowboys are good defense, the score should have been that. Yeah. We just expected a better game. Now, I know you were looking for positivity about Brett Maher. This is going to make your brain explode. Did you know Brett Maher finished the season making 12 straight field goals? Now, Like even in the playoffs? Yep. Okay. Yeah. He couldn't make the extra points, but field goals, money. A couple other positive Cowboys notes. Dalton Schultz had three touchdown receptions this postseason, the most receiving touchdowns in a single postseason for a Cowboys or uh, for – a Cowboys tight end. Bring him back. That is no. What? I'm still. You just pointed out I that know. it's the most. I know. Why would we not want the most back? Schultz. It, yeah, we can get. I can get it for cheap. We heard Isaiah stand back. He's smarter than us at football. <laughs> he that, is. that guy ain't that good. And Schultz can go fart around with another team <laughs> in the fourth quarter and go try to find better Mexican food. <laughs> remember, he thought our yeah our, our Tex Mex is no good. Our Tex Mex is great around here. That. Get on it. See you later, Schultz. Pack it up. CeeDee Lamb had 10 receptions on Sunday. Most by a Cowboys receiver in a postgame since, postseason game, since Michael Irvin had 12 catches in, I'm sorry, Corey, the 1994 NFC Championship game. Also against You woke up this morning just choosing violins. <laughs> I, I saw that meme, not pounding violins. Pounding the table. Yeah, you've been pounding the table. I you tried to back this off up. of that. You keep bringing up the San Francisco game where Michael Irvin put his heart and soul on the line and Deion Sanders ripped it out with a pass interference that wasn't called by the refs. You guys want to move to Bengals-Bills then? Blowout. Josh Allen. I thought this was a fun fact. Josh Allen rushed for a second career postseason touchdown. That is now the most postseason rushing touchdowns by a Bills quarterback in franchise history. Wow, that is impressive. At two! I don't know what happened before Jim <laughs> Kelly, but they had Jim Kelly and then about nothing for two decades, and now they have Josh Allen. I, I know they had OJ in the 70s, right. but I don't know who their quarterback was. At is, two! At two! Frank Wright is... He's the backup for Jim Kelly. Oh, yeah. And that's the guy who's setting your record books. Probably still low bar. All right. So that game... Oh, Doug Flutie at one oh, point. Oh, that's true. With Wade Phillips, and then they lost on the the throw it the other way thing Tennessee did. <laughs> The throw it the other way thing. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Joe Burrow started the game nine for nine for 105 yards to six different receivers and two touchdowns to give the Bengals a 14 to nothing lead. At the end of the first quarter, the Bengals had 10 first downs. The Bills had eight yards. (laughs) That is a sign. Okay, but the Bengals were doing just fine. Bengals are used to the snow. There was other Buffalo's home field. Oh, or, Buffaloes are more used to the snow, orange. like Montana. Mm-hmm. Bengals are probably are Bengals Bengal Tigers. Yeah, they're more they're hot like weather. The, yeah, they're like in the the Amazon. Why don't you look to me? Like I'm a some sort seen of the jungle animal book? Yellowstone guys. So. Yeah. You didn't see a buffalo in the Jungle Book. You saw a tiger. Yeah, but tigers were in 1923. 
Ah, valid. But they were in Africa. <laughs> we need a mic like How much of that again. show takes place in Africa? More than you think. Yeah, quite a bit, actually. <laughs> okay, you're right. That you're right because my initial thought would have been zero. So hyenas no. and you're all dead. kinds of things. All right. Let's... I think the color orange is easier to see through the snow. Oh, for than sure. Like red, the red, white, and blue for of sure. the bills. Yeah. Maybe that was the difference. So they were like, they used to be in the snow. And this Those is little hazard. orange helmets. They're like, yeah. oh, that's easy. I got gotcha. you. All right. Let's talk about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and how awesome they are. Yeah, they're solid. Joe Burrow. That's true. Joe Burrow is the fourth quarterback to throw for 1,500 passing yards in the playoffs in his first three seasons. He joins Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, and Dan Marino. I think this... Pretty elite company. Jerry Rice, obviously the greatest wide receiver of all time, but he had somewhat two quarterbacks. I know in the end he also had Garcia and he moved to another team, but he couldn't rack up like the greatest numbers ever with Montana because Steve Young in the prime of Jerry Rice's career takes over and is the quarterback. So I think this, that at the end of the day, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to set that quarterback wide receiver record so far away that nobody's going to be able to touch the Burrow-Chase combination in the history of the NFL. Well, here's a couple of things to back that up because they are starting at a blistering pace. Joe Burrow has joined Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger as the only starting quarterbacks ever to win five playoff games in their first three seasons. He's also the fifth QB in the Super Bowl era to win each of his first three playoff starts. Jamar Chase joined Randy Moss as the only NFL players to have 3,000 yards receiving and 25-plus receiving touchdowns in their first two seasons, including the playoffs. And Jamar Chase has already passed Randy Moss for the most playoff receiving yards in a player's first two seasons. And he still has one more, perhaps two more games. Or excuse me, he passed Randy Moss for second. The all-time leader is, I kid you not, Charlie Brown... With Washington <laughs> from 1982 to 1983. making stuff up now. So, and then one last thing for you, Mike. The Bengals' first 52 seasons in existence, five playoff wins. Joe Burrow's first three seasons, five playoff wins. It's pretty astonishing. Maybe someday he'll be as good as Romo and Dak. Yeah, maybe. Like now. We're the KNC masterpiece yeah, right here. More wins than those two combined. Yeah, absolutely. That's He's, it. I'm not a Cowboys fan anymore. Oh my gosh. I'm, just, I'm learning where to the, join me. I'm learning where tigers are. It's mostly Russia and South uh, oh, Southwest. Oh, they like the snow too. And Central Asia. Yeah. Oh. And Turkey and Trans. That's I don't why know they how played to say so that. great. No. <laughs> All right. Coming up next. I'm not going to rule out more Tiger talk, but it's supposed to be Mike asks all the football questions. Like, how much do you care about Sunday? Ooh. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.